Man, Degrassi really changed after it moved to Animal Planet. We watched Beastars and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is me, your host producer at Weave of All Trades, and Dom Power Bottom Deer, PJ. And me and Nympho Rabbit, Skylar. And joining us today as always is our dear friend and newest bestial student at Cherryton Academy, Lauren. Hello, I am someone who gets a gold star for effort. Let's hope you get a gold star for more than effort mm. on your predictions as we talk about the anime we're doing today as we close out furry month with Beastars. Woohoo! All right, Lauren, that name alone, Beastars, tell me, what do you think this anime is going to be about? Okay, I am calling this as a competition show, American Idol, where everyone is singing to find who the next Beastar is, baby. That's a phenomenal prediction I based on the name. I love Thank it. Thank you. Now, are we following like one of the young up and comers, or is this more like uh, Odomichi, where we're following like the behind the scenes of it all? Is it more like an odd taxi where we're watching all these different stories intertwine? Tell me what what's the vibe here on Beastars? I got the vibe that it's going to be seeing all of these shows intertwine, or all of these shows, all of these stories um, intertwine. So you're going to follow some of the competitors and. You know, you're going to see some of the judges, but not a ton of the judges. It's more of that like reality TV show vibe. So is it like a sides in a room with like a yes. blue background? Being Very like best that. in show. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking like RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's yes. Drag Race mm. or like Project Runway or, you know, those competition level shows where you America's have... Next Top Model. Yeah, exactly that, where... Not a ton from the judges. They'll just peer up, you know, appear several times throughout the episode. It's really about the contestants. Some backstage stuff, but not a ton. You only get the backstage look of it when, like, something really dramatic is happening. Like, if someone storms out of the interview or whatever. Right. But very interview-based reality TV competition show. Okay. Tell me, do we have like one clear person we're like supposed to be rooting for? I think it's going to be complicated. I think there's going to be someone that everyone assumes is going to win because they're naturally talented. But I think there's going to be an underdog situation where this person didn't have all of the the background and the training for this, but they just have something natural in them. But, you know, again, they don't have that like polish. So it's like, can they get there by the end of this to where they will be the next B-star? Or is it going to go to the one who clearly has worked for this their entire life and deserves it, but also they might not be the best person out there. So like, who do you vote for? Do you vote for someone who's dedicated themselves to their art and they're very good at what they do? Or do you dedicate yourself to the person who hasn't had as much experience, but they're just really good and they're charismatic and sweet. It's a complicated situation Honestly, that we're putting ourselves in yeah, here. I love it. Now tell me, once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change at all? I don't think that I'm wrong, but I'm definitely not right. I think we're still going to have, I don't, I can't tell. I don't think it's a competition show anymore. I think it's going to be more of a, a day in the life, like slice of life situation. So where do you think the stars comes in? A day in the life of this, this wolf. This well, like wolf what, boy. But why are we following In the sky. Life? What's so special about it? <laughs> 
this uh, this wolf is our main character. He's a very nervous boy because he's married, right? But he's in love with someone else. And we're going to be following his story. And he may or may not have the voice of an angel. We're going to be finding out. But um, that's like his drama is he's married to the lady wolf, but he's totally in love with the bunny is my my prediction. Uh, the dog the Labrador, I, I'll be specific. The Labrador dog is his best friend. He's very upbeat, very optimistic, very much the life is going to be okay guy. Uh, the lady wolf is his wife. She's very nice, very sweet. We're going to feel really bad for her because her husband is definitely in love with someone else. And we don't know who we would rather see him with. Like, it's not going to be one of those situations where she's really shitty to him. It's like, no, they... They work well together, but he also works really well with the bunny. So, like, which one do you go for? The stag I'm already calling is probably going to be my favorite character. I just feel it because he is the... Because he looks like a piece of shit. He looks like like, a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I always go for the problematic characters, and I think think he's going to be one. He is the wolf's exasperated friend who is just so over his bullshit, but he sticks around anyway because he cares, even though he would never say such a thing. He's definitely the most competent one of the entire group. And then we get to the lady bunny, whom the wolf is definitely in love with. She is really fun, very happy and exciting. And the wolf's just so torn up because he doesn't know what to do, right? He absolutely loves his wife, but he absolutely loves this bunny. So what is he supposed to do, you know? And also the bunny's like, I don't know. I don't I don't have a scale, but she looks pretty sexy. <laughs> You're like, she looks conventionally sexy. She looks She's a fuckable bunny. She's, She's a fuck-a-bunny. <laughs> fuck-a-bunny, no! Don't fuck-a-bunny, PJ. Oh, my God. I mean, if it's like Lola Rabbit, I'm going to fuck-a-bunny, Skylar. There are We've some talked about bunnies. this on the podcast. Yeah. This has been a topic on the podcast before. <laughs> of course I would fuck Lola Bunny. I think a lot of people would, to be fair. And, you know, maybe, maybe this lady bunny falls into that category of a fuck-a-bunny. Who knows? The wolf <laughs> wants to, though, so... That's the drama. And then the panda is our last character on this poster. I say that he is the bunny's current boyfriend, but she really clearly deserves so much better. He's not, it's not that he isn't treating her right, like abusively. He just, you know, doesn't prioritize her and like is very selfish and doesn't, he's not in a relationship so much as he's just taking from her all the time. He's never giving her anything, you know? So clearly we we don't want this bunny with the panda and we like her so much more with the wolf because he is a pretty good person. You just have that drama of he's already in a committed relationship with someone else. Right. Okay. Okay. Now I do have to ask what, where does the star come in here for you? I'm going to be honest. I don't know. At first, I was like, oh, it's going to be American Idol. And then I saw the poster. I was like, slice of life. I don't know where the star is. In the sky. In the sky. <laughs> That's how they fell in love. They were studying star-crossed constellations. Lovers. See, there you be go. Be star-crossed lovers. Shakespeare <laughs> coming in. That's actually in. the full name of the anime. <laughs> it's just a lot of parentheses. Yeah. And they just, you know, they they shorten it to be stars for everyone's accessibility all right <laughs> well uh I, I i don't love the star being shoehorned in there at the end 
I don't but I know do what love it everything means. else about the prediction. I would they I would do. definitely watch this, you know, kind of uh, slightly dramatic they? slice of life mm-hmm. romance, you know. Uh, it's more of a drama than a slice of life, and I, I like that, you yeah. know. Uh, some more adult romantic conflict. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how accurate it is after we watch episodes one and two of Beastars. For our listeners, we are watching in the English dub, so keep that in mind if you are watching along. And we'll be right back after we do that, so stay tuned. All right, we're back. We have Lauren Watch episodes one and two of Beastars. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? So nothing at all like I pictured. We're back in school, so that's exciting. And this is very high drama, though. I'm super into it. And the animation's nothing like I've seen before in an anime. So that was also fun for me to watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, like that 3D, 2D thing. Yes. That's yes. like starting to get a little popular. I, I like it. Yeah. It took I was me like an it. episode or two to get used to it when I first started watching this anime. But you get used to it really quickly. I think it seemed really, it's it's pretty seamless in this. Yeah. See, the second the animals had like um, those animalistic mannerisms, right? Where like people's ears will twitch or like they'll do some certain movement that the animal does in real life. I was sold. I was like, this is fucking cool. I really like that they're marrying the two into this medium and I think it is the right medium for it it definitely took me a lot longer to get used to it Mm, that's understandable but like I eventually got there the story is compelling enough Mm -hmm. for me to like get over it yeah, and I think it grows on you regardless, oh, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like it. I think this anime is very solid. Mm-hmm. Skylar and I binged this when it first came out. like we Because, I mean, uh, we just went straight episode one to the end of season one and really enjoyed it. So let's yeah. talk about kind of some of how we got here. So Beastars is based on the manga by Paru Itagaki that ran in Weekly Shonen Champion from September 2016 to October 2020 for 22 total volumes. Paru is actually one of many mangaka who keep their identity hidden to maintain a private life. Aww. She routinely does interviews wearing a chicken head mask. <laughs> However, we do know after some tabloids dug it up that she is the daughter of famed mangaka Keisuke Itagaki, who created one of the most popular shonen manga of all time, Grappler Baki. Uh, she did keep this a secret for a long time so that she could make it on the industry on her own merit and not just due to nepotism. But after she had found success, it came out due to some tabloids. But she did make it in the industry, at least as far as we know, pretty much on her own. Good for which her. I res- which I respect. Yeah. Right. Um, isn't that kind of what happened with Stephen King's son? Stephen, yeah, Joe Hill uh, changed his name so that people wouldn't just buy his books because he was Stephen King's son. Nicholas Cage changed his name so that people wouldn't just know that he was related to Francis Ford Coppola. Right. Like, you know, a lot of people do it that, where they're like, I don't want to be famous based on you. I want to be famous based on me. I will say in almost all of those instances, there is probably some level of like, hey, Dak, you at least hooked me up with a publisher, yeah. with a casting I mean, partner, network- with a person. Sure. Networking is everywhere. Yeah, it sure but is. But at the very least, they're not, you know... Being Banking solely on the name. purchased based on the name. Right? right. So it's true. They do still have to get by on their own quality, whether mm-hmm. they get in the door based on connections. Right. Yes. But this isn't a podcast about nepotism. It's Yet. about Beastars. <laughs> so uh, the anime was directed by Shinichi Matsumi and done by Studio Orange for Fuji TV, running for a current total of 24 episodes between two seasons that began airing October of 2019, with a third and final season set to be released sometime in mid to late 2022. Other than that, there was a Beastars stage play in development that was going to debut oh. April 2020, but oh. was canceled due to mm. the onset of the pandemic. Oh. 
That's disappointing. With that, let's jump at episode one and two. Tem, an alpaca, is murdered and eaten by an unknown carnivore late at night. Mm. As tension rises between the herbivores and carnivores across the campus of Cherryton, the school's drama club attempts to continue practicing for their play in honor of their late member. A white dwarf rabbit named Haru is bullied by her classmates while a gray wolf named Legacy tries to work with his red deer classmate Louie on settling tensions in the club. While Louie attempts to provide extra practice for Tem's replacement late in the evening, Legacy stands watch outside the theater but suddenly finds himself drawn to Haru. Legashi attempts to fight his carnivorous urges that try to convince him to eat Haru as he injures the rabbit's arm. She escapes when Legashi is distracted by a classmate who alerts him about Louis injuring himself in the darkened theater. The next day, Louis helps break up a fight in the Cherryton cafeteria and later carries on rehearsing his lead role in the drama club play while hiding his injured leg. The drama club decides to get some roses to decorate a set piece in the play and give the job to Legashi who discovers that Haru is the sole member of the gardening club. He helps her with some gardening tasks while worrying that she might recognize him as the attacker from last night. Haru offers her body and thanks for his help, frightening Legacy. And that's episodes one and two of Beastars. Ooh. Oh my god. Again, kind of like with Odd Taxi last week, like what a way to end an episode. Phenomenal. Oh my god. Netflix uh, put out this tweet uh, a while back about Beastars that I absolutely love and I'm going to read it. It's from the Netflix Geeked Twitter account. Okay. And it's, yes, calling Beastars a furry high school drama is reductive, but a parable about gender desire in class is filtered through the carnivore herbivore binary featuring theater kids, thirsty wolves, sexy rabbits, Yakuza lions, and a therapist panda with a crossbow is too long. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit of a long tagline. I understand what they're what they're going for that's so but yeah funny. the show is obviously so much more than it lets on but i think if it's it does it so well mm-hmm. oh yeah you know it is it does do that thing that like teen dramas even in america do where things get way too big for teens yes you know there's a big societal issue happening here you know with this murder oh my and, god a brutal you know, murder at that it was and, you know horrifying. even as the show continues you start getting into like black markets for for meat and with like the yakuza and stuff start coming in and like you know it's always like that's a lot but i mean if you watch riverdale that shit they tackle in like episode three you know (laughs) you know there's some classic black market in yakuza stuff it's Um, typical yeah yeah, but that is something that i love about the show is kind of i mean i think it it is maybe some of the most realistic dynamics of what an animal society where, you know, carnivores and herbivores are made to be together kind of can be like, would be like. Yes. Yeah. I felt it was very realistic for what it was, right? Because in something like Odd Taxi, it's just everyone was animals and we just left it at that. Whereas this is really highlighting like, no, animal instincts are animal instincts and you can put them into a society all you'd like. But at the end of the day, a wolf is going to chase a rabbit to try to eat it. That's just part of what they are. So I thought that it was a really great way to bring the two worlds together and have it feel real on both ends of the spectrum. When worlds collide. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, like you have so many interesting relationships in this show. Like Louis is such an interesting character. Uh, Louis. Uh, And his intensity. And his intensity is like kind of super hot. Yeah, and kind of. Like, and I mean, not for nothing. Again, we did watch this in the English dub. The voice acting, I mean, again, incredible. If we ever watch something in the English dub, it's because the voice acting is spot on. It's top it was notch. so good. And I think this is maybe not his first, but this was probably Jonah Scott's breakout role. He play, he voices Legacy. He did so good. Uh, yes, and he has such a sexy voice. <laughs> 
because uh, he was he was like Wakamatsu in Kuroko's basketball, and he had like roles here and there. But I think you know he had like no one no one was like oh yeah that guy from Kengen Ashura is like such a great voice actor. But I think with B stars, it really is where he like blew up. Right. Um, I was gonna say as soon as we like finished binging the whole like um, the whole first season, we went and just watched like a ton of his interviews, so we just could hear him keep talking. He is also super funny. <laughs> he he has that that type of vibe, right? Even with him voice acting, he seems just like a a funny dude. Yeah, and like you know, same thing. Griffin Poatu, uh, also like pretty pretty newcomery you know only started voice acting in like 2014 um and he does a phenomenal job as louis lara joe miller i mean she's she's old school lara joe miller has been in the voice acting game forever she was kari back in digimon yeah you know and she kills it in this role i mean it's funny because she also does a lot of like american animation so i'm also like wow it's widget from wow wow wubsy (laughs) (laughs) and it's chirithy from the kingdom hearts games and lammy from doc mcstuffins and now she's about to suck this woe's dick (laughs) so i know that stags are your favorite animal uh i guess do you agree with louis stag representation and do you think he's hot yes and yes (laughs) uh louis is so hot uh and i love a good little dom power bottom That scene where he's like, would you bite my leg? That's what you want, is it, you dirty little boy? Like, I'm like, oh, God. His intensity is so great. Succumb to your urges, legacy. But then he has that great moment where he's defending him in the cafeteria. And that was... Oh, yeah, no. He doesn't do it to be like, because you're a bad guy. Oh, no, no, no. He's like, oh, top me, daddy. Top me, daddy. Yeah, no. But he has that, that complexity, I guess, that I, yeah, I liked him. Yeah, no, and Louis is very interesting. Again, I think it's very fair of you to not, and I gave you a hard time just for the fun of it. It's very fair of you to not know where the beast star comes from. The star and even part when of they, it. Even when they explain it in episode two, I'm still like, what? Yeah, so, okay, so this is just supposed to be like the a representative for yeah, it's animal like, kind. It's, it's supposed to be the person that like embodies what it's like to be like the best of the animal. best. You know, okay. it's really like picking class, class representative yeah. or some shit, you know, <laughs> when they call it B-Star. And I, can I say it comes up so little in the rest of the show. Honestly. I think, but it's a great name. I don't fault her for keeping it. It's true. Yeah. And I mean, it really has a, it's really punchy, right? For like a title. I kind of understood what it meant. I didn't. But, you know, people have guesses. Then you start watching it and then you're just pulled in. Because everything else has it has going for it. Yeah. Um, so talking about some of the stuff in this episode, obviously you have the you know the big moment, which is Tem being murdered. Oh my god, the animation in that was incredible because it went from Where, like, like that. It kept having like the line art. Yes, like, when the it white was line art in the dark, dark background. So that good. was so fucking cool. It's so it was creepy. horrifying. It's amazing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I was scared, but I'm it was a slut amazing. for texture. You got it in this. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. What a way to start an entire series. Like, that's just so dark. <laughs> but- um, I will ask, because it was obvious to me when I first watched it. Was it obvious to you who ate him? No, I still don't know. Oh, wow. Really? Literally watching it, I was like, I like memorized the silhouette. And the first time the character came up, I was like, there you are, you motherfucker. <laughs> 
I see I'm not as smart as you are, PJ. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But uh, I am surprised. I thought you would have like caught on to it. So I won't say anything else about it then. Obviously, it'll be the mystery of the show for you. Yeah, honestly. But I mean, you have so many interesting things in this. Again, I it, it is such a quintessential teen drama in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have this whole thing where Haru is being slut shamed by like all the girls in the school. But she's like, I didn't even like I didn't pursue your boyfriend. Your boyfriend kissed me, mm-hmm. you know, and like I didn't even want to kiss him. And, you know, the fact that he got so worked up over a kiss, like says something about him. And then the girl's like, fuck you, you know, like, yeah. I do like that Haru doesn't seem to be ashamed, though, of the fact that she enjoys sex. No, yeah. She's super like, yeah, I like getting fucking railed. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you don't see that a ton in media with women because it's usually just like the slutty character. So I like that we have someone who, I mean, she's being called a slut, but I don't think of her as a slut. And she just, she's just out there for a good time, you know? She's just a lady and she likes to have sex. And yes. part of it is like a trauma response, as can uh, happen sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Where someone who has had sexual trauma or even just emotional mental trauma, depending on where it comes from, can mm-hmm. use sex as kind of like a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even when that happens in the show, it's not supposed to be like, oh, see, that's why she was a slut. Like, it's more like, yeah, she is seeking this validation from men. But at the same time, like, she she does like seek you know she is still seeking out the pleasure of it yeah mm-hmm. she just yeah. she really enjoys the connections she makes through connecting uh, uh. <laughs> no but yeah a lot of times trauma responses hypersexuality it's just oh it's a way to control your own life and you know when you let uh when you get to pick and choose who you want to touch your body it gives you you know that freedom mm-hmm. and um gives you a sense of control it does. Man, though, when he fucking attacked her, <gasps> oh, I, I mean, because was... he had like it, it reminded me almost of like Twilight in that moment where like uh, Edward just has that like awkward face when he first sees he smells Bella when he first, for the first sees time. Bella, yeah, and he has that same moment where he's like, "What the fuck." <laughs> And then he like goes and he's like try literally sitting there like I can't eat this girl I can't eat this girl like, I can't eat this girl yes well he's literally like completely enveloped her with his body yeah and she can't even see him and she can't do anything like she's she's a little she, bunny and she has that moment where she's like I guess this is where I die like yeah, yeah. oh my god Honestly, it was so intense it was a little hot too so it was <laughs> I was like that embrace is so intimate yeah it is. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. We posted this episode just a day late to kind of make up for the fact that our last episode was so delayed, kind of so that there would just be a little bit of extra space between the episodes and they weren't like right stacked on next to each other. In any case, hopefully we see a lot less delays like we saw for last week's episode, or I guess I should say this week's episode since it came out this Monday. In any case, thank you for being here for this episode, even though it is a day late, but definitely not a dollar short. If you're craving more Kawhi disappointment, head on over to our Patreon after this episode to listen to all of our bonus content. Along with this episode, this week we will also be releasing our April wrap-up episode where we answer patron-submitted questions, talk about the best moments of the month, as well as preview next month's episode lineup. Other episodes that came out this April were our reduced redo for Utano Prince-sama and our Spring 2022 preview where we had Lauren make quick predictions for every new anime in the Spring 2022 anime season. 
So if you want to hear Lauren's predictions for such hotly anticipated anime as Spy Family and your boy Kong Ming, want a chance to vote on next month's Reduce Redo, or ask a question in next month's wrap-up, or are just excited to hear any other bonus content we have planned to come down the pipeline, you can find us on Patreon by searching Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. A special shout-out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our Eternal Desu patrons, our $8 tier, the amazing Skullbosh, and incomparable Alex J. They're not alone, though, as we also have our amazing Super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums, and our Kawaii Desu patron, our $3 tier, Eliza L. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. We will see you all again next month as we start off with a new theme. Tune into our social medias on the first to see what that lineup will be, or figure it out early by joining our Patreon and listening to our monthly wrap-up. Now, back to the podcast. And, you know, you have, like, the pheromones, like, going into this was such a cool visual, too. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah. And his his darker side that he's, like, Jekyll and hiding with, that was really cool. Yeah. Just the colors they keep experimenting with is phenomenal and how like everything else like fades from around them and it's like you know it's just his animal instincts or like just the pheromones like it's such a great artistic choice and it helps to really illustrate the story even further yes i do feel like shows uh i feel like anime does not do a good enough job showing how dramatic theater kids are and they did (laughs) phenomenally here they showed how the fucking drama the fucking drama of this theater like can i say like if i was if this was happening while i was in theater i would be fucking gagged like when they're like oh you're no longer an actor you're in the art department you're in the art department oh my god that was fucking wild or they're like hey like we're gonna upgrade you from like tech crew to like art department so you guys have to be friends now uh or like when he's like yeah we have to like replace one of the actors there is very few things more theater kid where i guess the like drama teacher that being like alas your fellow student and play you know and thespian has died but alas the show must go on the show must (laughs) always go on can i say too i did like that like (laughs) for once not i guess for once but it's rare that like the theater kids are the stars of a show they're usually like off in the corner being weird and i was like oh we get to we get to see the theater side of school now they're all dramatic but yeah i was I enjoyed and the, the representation. Also, so hot when Legacy stopped the punch. Oh, damn. Yeah, that was cool. Honestly. When he like, stopped the punch and he was like, gotta protect the star. <laughs> anything Legacy does is too hot. And Not anything. Let me say, when he was being that creepy spot op... And just like mad dogging everyone. On stage. He's just an awkward guy. I know, I know, but that that's the first instant you see of him, and I was like, not a creepy spot up. Well, he also has like the awkward moment when he's like going up to like Tem's crush. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like instead of being like, Hey, 
don't be scared. He's like, skulk, skulk, skulk. there. Rip the scissors from your hand. Hey, here's this, here's like this note, <laughs> you know? By the way, oh he was God. like in love with you or whatever. I mean, and I, yeah. You know, and it's such a cute moment because you could tell that Legacy was really close with Tab and this like mm-hmm. sucks for him. Yeah. Um, and guy. you know, when he's like, I'm, you know, and he has that moment where he's like, I did it. I, I gave her the letter, like, you know, speaking to like him. Oh, yeah. And it's like a very sweet moment. And I like that she's like, I'm sorry. I thought you were scary and I said mean things and like, I'll take it all back. And he's like, don't. People already think what they're going to think about me and you're not going to change it. I have to accept that people are scared of me and think I'm a monster. I mean, it goes back to, I mean, for us, for humans, it goes back a long ways because we have always been afraid of the big bad wolf, right? So it's even playing into fairy tale fears that we were taught as kids that wolves are scary. So I hope he's able to overcome it because he is, he's such a little sweet goober, but... (laughs) But he's so awkward. He doesn't help himself. I can and I can say as someone who, uh, you know, socially awkward, kind of outcast kid. I also don't know if I would know how to react if I was in like a she's position where like the buddy that I was like trying to think of like every different way I could apologize to her without actually saying I did something wrong. Right? I turned around and she was like, "All right, so let me see that wolfcock boy." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just Lauren, what went through your head when you were like, oh, there's sex? What? Well, I mean, as soon as I mean, I was with Legacy the whole you hear Legacy's inner monologue, right? Because he's just like freaking out. And then I saw Haru stripping. I was like, oh my God, they can't be going here. But then it did. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I know in the third episode he's going to be super awkward about this, but it won't happen. But yeah, no, I mean, whenever sex is introduced, I'm like, oh, okay, this is, I guess, happening now. But yeah, but you know what? I will say, like, obviously, this is like a mild spoiler, but it's only the next like five minutes of the show. Like, basically, what happens is like, he's like, whoa, like, what are you doing? And she's like, is that not like the only reason you're here? And she, and he's like, no, what are you talking about? And he like, is like, I'm, I'm sorry. And like leaves. <laughs> oh, sweet little boy. I bet that fucks Haru, though, because that's like how she feels validated right you are correct <laughs> yeah damn look at me look at me i'm getting better at predicting i'm not getting better at predicting so i mean i do think uh the show in general does um paint a really good picture of her relationship with sex because it mm. is like what we said earlier like yes she it's her choice she's doing it. it's great and um she doesn't care that other people you know are like fucking with her Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, also she kind of does, though. Like, no matter, like, how much you love yourself and you're fine with the things that you do, when people are just, like, talking down to you, like, it just really, I remember, like, situations like that, you know? People make you feel shitty for, like, no reason, right? Mm -hmm. People take out um, just anger and stuff on you, and it sucks. And I think they really paint the portrait of a high school girl very perfectly in Haru. Yeah, very well. I completely agree. Um, I feel like... Especially because, like, she's clearly very, like, desirable, right? Like, the fact that these girls are, like, stop fucking our boyfriends, basically. Yeah. And she's like, Mm -hmm. A... Your boyfriends are the ones trying to fuck me. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Why is it always the girl's fault that all of this infidelity is happening? Mm-hmm. It takes two to tango. Excuse me. It's not just her, it's also them. 
obviously, we've seen a lot of like school life anime. And Mm -hmm. um, this anime is like in the school setting, the most closest to my high school um, experience. Because again, I did go to art school. So I was around a lot of theater kids Mm -hmm. uh, constantly. And also, I just think that like, Everything that's happening and all the feelings that are conveyed and over the top is just so accurate to how children feel. Yes. And express themselves. And everything is, everything's dramatic. Everything matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, everyone feels like an outcast too. So like... Mm-hmm. Everyone's just trying to belong, even though they feel like they don't. Also, yeah. yeah, no, I think it does such a good job with those like social stigmas, mm-hmm. and you know, even like that moment in the first like morning where they're like the herbivores and the carnivores are kind of going at it against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, throwing a lot of stereotypes Slurp. at each yeah. other. Yeah. Meanwhile, the little like squirrel is like, "Where's Legacy to crack my nuts?" <laughs> <laughs> I did like the cafeteria too, like how the really tiny animals were up high in trees to like protect them from getting squished from the really big animals. I like when, uh, you know, the, the, he like almost steps on her and then the, she's like talking about it with like her other spawnable friends and she's like, yeah, that's why we have to stick close to the walls. Like, yeah, we can't get squished. We're too little. But it makes total sense, right? If you have, if they're going to be pretty accurate to their heights and you're going to have these animals that are, you know, six, seven feet tall and these animals that are two, three feet tall. Yeah. I mean, Louie's huge. And yeah. stags are big animals, so we're yeah. wolves. I'm sure Louis is huge. PJ, oh. <laughs> you know you could find that out so easily. It's got to be online somewhere, Peach. Everything about this anime. You know, of the anime we have done this month, um, furry month, we are closing out with the furriest of the furry month animes. I would agree, honestly. And, you know, there's probably the most amount of furry port of this. Yeah, 100%. That makes sense. I will say, like, BNA, if it was more popular, might have more furry porn of it. I only say that because like anytime I'm about to post for an episode, I always go on the hashtag just to see like, is there a different name that people call this by just so that I can properly tag it. Mm -hmm. Every single fucking post I found for BNA was porn. Uh, And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to skip away from this. There's a market (laughs) for it clearly though. But for Beastars, like Beastars A was insanely huge. Like this anime was popular when it came out. Oh, yeah. I mean, season two was just as well received, and season three is the final season and will probably be equally well received. How but, exciting. you know, I think the second people were like, ah, yes, the the little the little rabbit girl tries to, tries to you know, hog down on the wolf man. Like, every, <laughs> all, every single fucking Rule 34 furry artist on Earth was like, the duty this calls. Is it. Duty calls. They all immediately, <laughs> like, in, like in anime, they all just start nosebleeds instantly <laughs> and then started getting to work. God damn god damn indeed i love like the moments you have in this episode too of like alternative styles like the scene where you know it's like the imagination of the play is so yes. beautiful yes. and can i say i fucking love the costume that louis is in oh with, yeah like, oh. The, with like the the skull mask and like the very like bandolero like it's not even bandolero it's very like you know like spanish you know like super like vigilante like it's i don't know like zorro, like zorro. it's got like yeah. a very like uh Desperado kind of look. Desperado. Yes. Yeah, I was into it. Yeah, that was super sexy. (laughs) It was 
Yeah, but you also have like those moments where like Louis like is very clearly insanely hurt, and he's just pushing through it because he like feels like it's his responsibility, right? And you know you have all the moments of legacy, just kind of trying to grapple with everything he's feeling, Mm -hmm. having lost his friend to a carnivore, like losing it to then almost being someone that does that that himself, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know how to just try to navigate through life that no one. I mean, even when that one guy like is like, "Hey, do you want help with this?" the other and his friend was like that's how to don't interact with her even her roommate is like a bitch just doesn't care yeah god she's so mean and she was like uh when she was like you know you could have stopped them from like throwing my stuff away and she was like meh and then when she was Ugh. like do you want to go get dinner she's like with you no Ugh. <laughs> bitch i think Ugh. oh god it's a great anime when um when they're able to like depict how lonely someone is and it just makes you feel that lonely like mm-hmm. oh god it hurts like watching Haru like it it physically hurts it really does and i mean she's it's like that thing right where you're surrounded by so many people but you're still alone yeah yeah they they depict it so well but you do feel so bad for her you feel bad for everyone at some point Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is some really great writing and some good character development because not everyone is one dimensional, right? So, yeah. Well, because, like, so even with the Harlequin rabbit, you know, like, Mm -hmm. obviously she's a fucking bitch, but it is all coming from a place of her. Like, she's had this idea. It's part of her, like, what her breed and legacy and everything. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that, like, you know, again, it is coming from a place of her. It's not Haru's fault, but like Haru's the only, you know, person she feels like she could take out all her anger on. It's true. Yeah. And I mean, it's not right what she's doing, you know, not at all. Yeah. But you understand the why behind it, which helps. 100%. Yeah. Again, the writing in this is uh, is really well done to kind of capture, Mm -hmm. you know, the again, to an extent, like the dramatic nature of like youth, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, it does make me feel like I'm watching something like like elite on Netflix or something like, you know, very high drama teen boarding school show. Yeah. (laughs) That's yeah, that's the vibe. Overall, I really love the animation of this show. I really love the writing mm-hmm. of this show. Mm-hmm. You know, as it continues, it only gets more and more interesting and I everything bet. gets deeper and deeper, which is always how you want a good story to progress. So um, I think that's all I have to say about Beastars, at least episode one and two. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to cover before we uh, move on? Ugh, everything I want to cover, I can't because it expands past these two episodes. <laughs> so... <laughs> I guess I'm done. Yeah, I have nothing else to bring up. All right, then let's move on to one of my favorite parts of this anime, which is the music of Beastars. So let's talk about that intro and outro. So Beastars uh, has one of my favorite anime OPs, which is Wild Side by Ali. Yeah! 
Lauren, tell me, what did you think of that intro? It was so much fun. I loved the stop motion and the visuals. That was so fun to see. And the song is really, really good. He did. Um, did he do Lost in Paradise? Uh, I think yes. Yes. Ali did Lost in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Okay. It sounded very similar in parts, at least his vocals. I was like, I think it's the same guy. So yeah, no, he did great. With that, he did great with this. I had such a good time with this OP. You know, and I love how the song, I mean, yes. So I obviously, the stop motion is amazing. Gorgeous. Uh, Amazing. Yes. So well done. This, the visuals of this OPR. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stop motion is hard. So for it to look so good, so smooth, mm, amazing. Amazing. But what I especially love is that the intro is like two intros. You know, it's nighttime. When it's nighttime, it's like this like intense kind of jazzy, like a little intense, like hip hop, rappy, like funk vibe. And then the second, the sun comes up it's like this intense bright swing music yes and it's so i love it the juxtaposition is perfect and it 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 shows the juxtaposition of the characters too Mm -hmm. i absolutely love this op yeah and the transition from like the night to day is seamless Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. god this song always gets stuck in my head it's so good it's so fun um this was one of the songs like we would watch. We would never skip through this intro when we were watching it. No, you can't. It's just too good. It makes you want to get up and dance. It does. Yeah, especially <laughs> when say, they're dancing. Oh. I will say like I low-key do forget about the first half of this OP. Always. Every time. And just I only get the second half. Like I do like love the first half of this OP. But the second half is what I remember and always gets mm-hmm. stuck in my head. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that swing part is so good. Yes. It's so good. Also like when you... Uh, when you do encounter like B-Stars uh, TikToks, they're only using that swing part as the audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. But it's it's I all great. It's all good. It is a all great good. OP from and visuals to song to everything. I was going to say it like the narrative of the show. Of yeah. the visuals. So good. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, enough about that amazing intro. Let's move <laughs> to our outro, which is Le Zoo by Eureka. Lauren, what did you think of that outro? I thought it was so sweet. It's a very nice counter to the intensity that we're always feeling, especially with the heightened carnivore versus omnivore fight that we have going on. Um, it's It feels very romantic. And I mm-hmm. really like to, to end on that vibe with this. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's got like a kind of country vibe. Yes, I, I completely really like agree. It. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it, it definitely like... 
highlights like a certain feeling for the show. It's nice because it it just it is a departure from like the loneliness I feel when mm-hmm. I like think about Haru and it's just so beautiful. I love it. I love the watercolors. Ugh, it's yeah. so good. And then just the song is great. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely love it. It's mm-hmm. like I've heard this song a thousand times in media elsewhere. Yeah. It's, it's great, very classic, great time. very prototypical. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, it's time to move on to our segment. What modern or contemporary artist do you think would have did a good job with these anime intros and outros? Lauren, why don't you kick us off with Wild Side by Ali? Okay, so with it being, it has so much going for it. Uh, this song does. It's very hard to pin down, but I picked something that I think they could do this vocally and, you know... A contemporary big band vibe for us is ska. So I went with the Aquabats. Uh, Look at me, I'm a winner. Interesting. Okay. I know. I definitely see what you're going with here. I think it's, you know, if you're going into the ska ring to try to find this, this is probably the closest you get. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. But I think it's I think it's a solid choice. I, yeah. You know, I think it's like not 100% on anything, but it's definitely no. got some percentages in everything. I'll take some percentages in everything. <laughs> Skylar, what about you? Okay, so I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but I went with a little someone named Jonah Scott. He did a song you called Wild pick Side. Jonah Scott. <laughs> Why singing not? this OP. <laughs> Jonah Scott is the voice actor for Legacy, and he's saying this OP. You cannot pick oh. this OP as the song for this OP. No, I know, I know. Otherwise, I, know. I would just always pick Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I the song is bad uh bad boy good man by Tape Five and Henrik Wagger. I think it's I think it's good too. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I don't definitely think it got the swing. I think it fits into the genre. I do not think it matches super right. well, but yeah. I think you're you're getting there. You know, I think you're <laughs> I think you're on the road to the to the answer. Right. I think yeah. I think they could do a a decent cover of this song for sure. Yeah. Yeah. PJ. All right, so let me tell you the mini journey that I went with on this one. Ready. So I was in the car with Lauren maybe two, three months ago, and she had a song playing, and I literally thought in my mind, holy shit, this is the swing segment from the Beastars OP, and I literally took a picture of Lauren's car radio so that I could remember the song and artist, and I had to scroll through my camera roll today to find it (laughs) and remember... Uh, so specifically again for the the swing section, which is pretty much what all of us went with to try to mm-hmm, lock down. I went mm-hmm. with just one of those things by George Benson. I like it. Yeah, no, I that's do. A good choice. I remember this day, and I was like, I'm gonna live to regret not recording this myself. Because <laughs> I literally said, "Holy shit!" I'm taking a picture of this for an episode we're doing later. And I was like, I probably should too. And then I was driving, so I couldn't. Understandably, but and then you were like, "What anime?" And I was like, "I'm not gonna tell you." <laughs> Yeah, but it's a great pick. I think it is very much just, you know, just like the swing version. And his vocals match, too. So, yeah. very well done. Uh, thank you very much. I uh, very much like my choice for that. So, let's move to our outro. Let's see if we all kind of uh, were able to find a little bit closer approximation for our outro, which is, once again, Lei Zhu by Yurika. All right, Lauren, who's your pick? So I leaned into the country st- side of this song. I don't think the vocals are 100% of a match, but I think she 
has similar sound. I went with Martina McBride. This one's for the girls. I think this is a very good vibe approximation, you know, musical approximation. Obviously, Martina McBride, way deeper voice. But again, yeah, as right. we said a million times, hard to find that match uh, otherwise. But I think this is a great choice. Thank you. I Thank love you. it. It's great. Uh, Skylar, what about you? Okay. The unlearning I had to do... Because the very beginning, I was like, oh, this is ballad for Peter Pumpkinhead. And then I, it took forever to like unhear it. Um, and I ended up going with um, the song Real by Plum. Yeah, I also think this is a great mm-hmm. choice. I think yeah, it totally like fits the energy, totally for fits sure. the vibe. Yes. Again, much deeper vocals, a little bit more intense, a little bit more rocky, but I think totally right. fits the criteria. Absolutely. Woo! 100% agreed. Yeah. I completed the assignment adequately. <laughs> you completed the assignment very well. Very Skyler. well. Yes. I think you both did great jobs. Thank you. And now I'm interested to see what PJ picked. I heard this and immediately had an artist. I had a song. Uh, and even realistic to it, I was like, yeah, no, I still see where I got there. It's definitely a different, like, I think a slightly different tone. And I mean, like, literally, like, it's slightly happier than this, but this is also very happy. Like, you know, as we were talking mm-hmm. about the the best parts of the outro, it's about that, like, finding someone, about that lack of loneliness, uh, mm-hmm. about almost being like uh, Islands in the Stream by <gasps> Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. I love that choice. And I think Dolly's the closest vocally yeah. that she, any she of us have come to. She goes pretty high. So I think mm-hmm. she, yeah, it made her an even easier choice. I, I think vibe-wise like, it matches really well, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought I wouldn't have thought of it, but it would definitely be on the same playlist. I love it. Yeah, I think this is a really good choice. Why, thank you. I think we all yeah. had phenomenal choices for this outro. But that's not where our music segment is going to end this week. Oh. Because there's a fun little thing you might not know about Beastars, and that is that there are four outros within season one. Four? In season yes. one? Yes, and I am going to pull out one of our classic segments. Oh. It's classic, but it's also rare, where we are going to listen to all four and rank them from worst to best. So we have, obviously, Lezu by Yurika which ran for episodes two, five, eight, and nine, which we've already gotten your thoughts on Lazu. So let's move on to our second o- outro, which is Sleeping Instinct, also by Yurika. They are also, they are all by Yurika. And this was in episodes three, seven, and 10. All right, Lauren, what did you give me your quick thoughts on that second ED? Oh, so much more intense. <laughs> it was good, but that really, I see why it was called what it's called. I was more on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Skylar? Um, I like the song less, but visually I love it. All right, so then let's move on to our third outro, which is Marble, obviously also by Yurika.
All right. What did you think of that one? That one was sweet. <laughs> that, I liked that one too. Oh. That one was feelings. really sweet. I yeah. love the showcase of his second love interest, Louie. So. <laughs> Honestly, though. <laughs> Honestly. Senpai has noticed. <laughs> that I don't know if I already said it, but that uh, that was on episodes four, six, and eleven, and then we move to our final outro, which is only on episode twelve. That is "Floating Story of the Moon" once again by Yurika. It was very, like, it was a good segue for, like, the finale episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels hopeful, but it also feels finite, you know? It felt very, like, middle of the road for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I mean, that's your prerogative to review them however you see fit uh, and take a moment to rank them from worst to best. So take the time you need to do that. And while you guys go through that, I will start off with my list. So in fourth place, I have Sleeping Instinct, our second outro. In third place, I have Floating Story of the Moon, our final uh, outro. In second place, I have Marble. Our third outro, and in first place, I have Lezu, our first outro. All right, Skylar, go for it. In fourth place, I have Sleeping Instinct. It did nothing for me, only visually. <laughs> and then in third place, I have Floating Story of the Moon. Second place, I have Marble. And then I have the LA Zoo at <laughs> number not one. The LA Zoo, it's Lezu. <laughs> I have no, it's LA Zoo. <laughs> All right, Le Lauren, Zoo. round us out here. My list is the exact same. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the level of quality in the songs is pretty obvious, so I'm not at all surprised. We ended up with the exact same thing across the board. A bit anticlimactic, but there's your truly definitive ranking of those songs. But all of that said, uh, which is a great way to close out our music segment as we take a quick break to watch some additional clips, some additional context, and get Lawrence closing thoughts on Beastars. So we're going to do that. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We had Lauren watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional sexy animal times, mm. fighty animal times, shooty <laughs> animal times. Uh, tell me, Lauren, after all of that, obviously this this anime goes a million different directions. I, I think even after the intensity of episode one and two, you couldn't really anticipate. No, I couldn't have. Whether it be in the romance, in the drama, in the action, in the high intensity, right? Like uh, it yeah. goes, it goes very hard, as the children say. As the children. Um, <laughs> Um, it's not mid-tier as the children say I know that they tend to not eat meat in this world outside of certain markets mm. but it goes mm. ham as it were ah uh, <laughs> but that said uh, you know the, the anime covers a lot of stuff you know that for some people might be a little 
you know, going a little too extreme might be a little too out of true to life. And for some people, it's the most true to life depiction that they've seen of stories like this. So I, I leave I leave it to you to determine uh, what the right answer is and how you feel about <laughs> it by asking you the question, Lauren, would you keep watching Beastars? I, similar to Odd Taxi from the beginning, I was very taken with the anime, mostly because I'd never seen the art style before. And then as the story unfolded and as I got to know the characters and see how they married the to animal worlds with the like reality of living in a, a society, I was completely sold. So yes, I will definitely keep watching Beastars. You absolutely love to see it. A kawaii success in the book. Uh, Skylar and I have obviously already watched, so it's a yes for us. Uh, tell me, Lauren, did you end up with a favorite character? I'm like torn between two. Because... Louis Legacy? Yes! Knew it. Because <laughs> yes. I love the asshole characters. The sexual tension? And the sexual tension, I guess, yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure they're, I mean, like, she's a virgin, right? But, you know. Yeah, but, like, she's just, like, so sweet and he's so pure, even though he's battling this this predator inside. But Louis just, he's just so competent and I'm a slut for competency, so. And he, he's unhinged. Louis, oh. Louis is great. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know what Louis is going to do. And that's kind of exciting, you know? Yeah. Skylar, who's your favorite character? Uh, it's Legacy. Oh, I'm not mad at Legacy. He's so sweet. Uh, he, uh, He's just such a cutie pie. And like, he really is struggling. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the struggle. <laughs> and he's got that voice, right? Uh, the voice! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Jonah Scott, phenomenal voice. Um, I'm also in the same camp as Lauren. I'm very torn between Legacy and Louis. Because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. is just such a great protagonist, but Louis's such a good, like, character. Character? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, you God. know, it's, it's hard to pick between the two of them. I think I might land. Uh, yeah, maybe more slightly on Louis just because he's my favorite animal. Mm-hmm. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, he would carry a little more weight for you. And then picture him in his uh, theater costume. Ugh, Ugh, don't hello. even get me started on that. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So we have your favorite character. Mm-hmm. We have a kawaii success in the book. Woo-hoo. Seems like there's only one thing left to do. It's time for Is There an MV for That? All right, Lauren, you know the rules. Give me your song and artist for Beastars. Keeping with the same theme that I've had all month where I go for something that's just pretty obvious, at least to me, uh, I went with Animal by Neon Trees. You lazy son of a bitch. I did Animals by Maroon 5 to start the month, and I'm choosing Animal by Neon Trees to end the month. It's a nice bookend, you know? But of course, you're she right. She just wants to bookend, th- PJ. You get your three points in the book. You know, hey, you, you can take there them. There you go. I like the three points. Thank you. Yeah, go book for it. End. Book end. Woohoo! I did it. With that said, though, do you think there's an AMV for B-Stars to Shakira's national furry anthem, <laughs> Try Everything, from Furtopia? From Furtopia. That's actively not. <laughs> from Zootopia. All right, Lauren, oh, does it exist? I know it started as a joke in the beginning of the month. And then the middle of the month, it didn't really fit the vibe. It but has you know not what? fit the vibe consistently throughout the rest of the month. You know what? I'm going to go in hard. I'm going to say it does fit the vibe. I'm going to say it 
does exist. You gotta fuck those bunnies. You Try gotta- everything. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the plot of Zootopia is, you know, fuck the bunny. Fuck the bunny. What they, is it they about They had no bunnies? need to give Judy Hopps such wide hips. They didn't, but they did do that, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did it for us. Now I'm thinking about that abortion comic with Judy and Nick. Oh my god, not the abortion comic. Yep, the abortion comic's lit. And now I'm thinking about the the J. Yeah, I can't. Oh my god. Well, Zootopia abortion comics aside, Rule 34 (laughs) comics aside, you take that Rule 34, you subtract 30, and that's how many points you get because, of course, there's an AMV for Zootopia's Try Everything, and you get four points. In the book. Wow. Look at me. Honestly, Lauren. What a great way to end. Yes. When Beastars first came out, the like joke was, oh, it's just Zootopia with sex. And I disagree. I mean, yeah. I made this I made this point in BNA. I feel like BNA is far more Zootopia yes. than Beastars oh, yeah. is. Completely agree. But people were like, oh, there's a rabbit in a carnivore. Fucking question mark. So it sounds like Zootopia to me. Oh yeah, that we was a know really that good impression Judy Nick fuck. <laughs> I've seen it. We've all I don't I haven't seen it, but <laughs> I know it exists. <laughs> we out all, there. No, wait. Well, I mean not not me, but I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. <laughs> uh, oh well, my regardless, that was a Kawaii success in the book. Four points in the book and another successful journey through an anime. Mm-hmm. And a successful end to the month as we wrap up furry month here. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on this journey with us. Thank you so much for having me. I had a really fun time. That's good. <laughs> now the <laughs> podcast is over. No, I'm joking. Oh, my God. Can you imagine we just like go out with Furry Month? That's a really good ending. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I still remember when Casey left at the end of Pride Month. And I was like, wow, Casey, that's homophobic. Yeah. He technically <laughs> tried to leave in the middle of Pride Month. And we were like, at least finish out the gay month, Casey. <laughs> It would, yeah, that'd be super lit. I'm glad he did. <laughs> but all of that aside, yeah, we are not finishing the <laughs> podcast with Furry Month, as apt as that would be. <laughs> but if you are interested in what next month's theme is going to be, obviously you can wait until the first when our social media posts go up, or you can get a sneak preview of it if you head on over to our Patreon, listen to our monthly wrap-up where we give our patrons a preview of what the month is going to look like, by which I mean we tell you exactly what episodes are going to be in the month <laughs> of May. <laughs> But all of that said, thank you, Lauren. I hope you had a good time. More importantly, I hope our listeners had a good time. I hope they had a fun time, a furry time, a very horny rabbit time, a very sexually nervous wolf time. A furtopia time. A furtopia time, even though that's not a thing time. (laughs) But until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Lauren. And let me see that woofcock. What? Oh my god. <laughs> Bye everyone. Goodbye. The Georgia O'Keefe joke. Let me see that bunny Georgia O'Keefe. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>